Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. It's Amir for Broncos Avenue on Instagram and Twitter with my co-host Brody today. Super excited to get this episode going. We got a lot to talk about today. We got all the head coach candidates that we're going to review today. We're going to let you guys know all the different combinations of head coach, offense coordinator, defensive coordinator that the Broncos could potentially see next offseason. Um, I know George Payton is going to do the best he can to potentially save his job because he is on the hot seat. We're going to jump into all of that. Also, the news around going around the media, especially Twitter the last few days, all the drama around uh, Russell Wilson and his birthday party situation reported on by Tom Pelissero, Mike Garofalo, Mike Kliss, all that news and more that we're going to be talking about. And then also Patrick Sertan. Let's go ahead and jump in and talk real briefly about him and his news. Um, the recent uh, news of the uh, Pro Bowl votes that came out for all of the positions in the AFC and NFC Patrick Sertan isn't even in the top 10 at his position at all for any of the votes. What the hell? I know he's had a last, he's that's had a rough crazy. last two games, but that's unbelievable. Like that's crazy to think that, I mean, and it's not obviously these Pro Bowl votes started before the last two games clearly. Yeah. And I just, it's crazy. I mean, he is like bona fide at least the top five to most people that I see over anything and to see that he's not even that's that's crazy i don't know how that doesn't i and maybe it's the success like the, since the broncos suck overall but it just doesn't yeah. like it doesn't make any sense how is like he is bona fide to me a top two corner in the league there is no it just it, that doesn't make sense i am someone who is extremely excuse me against um fan pro bowl voting i think it's should be tarnished. It's completely terrible. And the whole Pro Bowl event together is just going to trash. It's go it's going to crap. Um they're they completely took away the actual Pro Bowl. And then when the, when it was still around, um uh, we saw last year was just so hard to watch. I believe they they received one of their lowest um viewer uh viewer counts um and on national television in the history of the Pro Bowl, one of the lowest um it's it's unbelievable that it got to that point and it was just like and but at the same time it's very understandable because players didn't want to sustain those injuries heading into the offseason because it's a game that did not matter at all but to the fans it matters a lot because you look forward to the whole season where your players are playing good like let's say the Cowboys Trayvon Diggs he had you know 11 picks last season it was really refreshing to see that they you know their corner made the Pro Bowl but then when he did um you know it was it almost felt like it was watching backyard football and there wasn't really any competition to it. I believe we even saw him and his brother line up at quarterback um, and wide receiver, um, you know, on the, at their opposite other positions, which that's cool to see and all, but we want to see yeah. like, like a physical game, but it doesn't matter anymore because they took it away. And now we have the pro bowl games, which, woo, yeah, we're super excited to see that um, in Las Vegas. So um, 
And yeah, and then on top of that, Broncos fans, um, you're the only Bronco who made it in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl voting is Bradley Chubb, and he got traded. So um, there's that, that. Is that's I don't I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me at all. How he didn't make it, and also like, I think the biggest surprise in the Pro Bowl is that Russell Wilson is not the number one quarterback on there. Dude, this is going to be the first Pro Bowl we've seen in a long time where Russell Wilson is not in there. And it hurt, it hurt so much because even as whenever he was with the Seahawks, I was I was so excited to see Russell Wilson play. Yeah. Like the skill competitions where they're do, like hitting the targets. Last year, oh, my God, he killed that stuff. Didn't he get like first place or something? Yeah, he like he completely like swept the competition. He got like 10 points more than whoever came in second place. Like yeah. it was it was nothing to him. I mean, Russell Wilson, you can't tell me that this dude was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league, one of the best red zone quarterbacks in the league, and comes to the Broncos and randomly fell off and he's trash and he's washed. You can't yeah. convince, you can't convince me that it's it's not happening. I mean, the arm talent I know is still there. I know that the IQ is still there. I just I don't like this is one of the most confusing uh, fall offs I've ever seen in like ever like you have like Carson Wentz who is having an MVP season before he tears his ACL but he tore his ACL and then he's out for a year so it makes sense but Russell Wilson this is weird he had a thumb injury but he came back and he was a little rocky but by the end of the season he was still a very very good quarterback Mm -hmm. and he comes here and looks like I mean, it's not even to the scale of, like, it's his worst season of all time. It's one of the worst quarterback seasons I've seen in a long time. He has eight touchdown passes. Yeah, eight in 12 games. And I just – I don't – I don't understand how how you can fall off that hard. And I I hope we can see a change because I know he has it in him. I know it. And I'm not going to give up on the fact that Russell Wilson has that in him. But, I mean – when you throw for 142 yards and one touchdown with 19 for 35 passing against the Carolina Panthers, I think that's uh, a sign that something's up. And I I think it's more yeah. than just more than just the on-field football that's wrong with him right now. When you're losing, and I don't want to make any excuses for Russell Wilson, but he has never faced this much adversity and scrutiny in a season in his entire career, including college at Wisconsin. Um, He's losing multiple of his receivers. He's losing three starting tackles. He's losing multiple players on that offensive line. I mean, I I believe every single game this season, except for the last two, have had different offensive line starting uh, combinations. That is unbelievable. Like that plays a huge factor in your quarterback's play. And um, like I've said in previous episodes, the offensive line hasn't been the full reason for the lack of, you know, offensive success and the failure. Um, I mean, it's just, there's been multiple injuries that have riddled this team. We've seen one of the most injured teams in NFL history this season. Um, And then not to mention Nathaniel Hackett has just been in over his head, doesn't know how to, um, I won't blame it completely on the play calling because there's been good games by him. But when you melt, when you mesh, someone like Nathaniel Hackett who is calling or wasn't calling the plays, but was coaching for Aaron Rodgers and someone with like Russell Wilson together, it's not going to work. 
It's not, it's not yeah. going to work. They were never yeah. meant to be, uh, you know, a fit in the next great head coach or a quarterback duo in this league. They were never meant to fit. They don't fit each other's play styles at all. I still to this day don't understand that hire. Um, and since we're on the topic of Russell Wilson, let's go ahead and jump into all this drama. Um, obviously, me and you believe that he definitely could get things back on track. It's going to take a lot because right now, eight eight touchdowns on the entire season after he's coming off multiple seasons where he was in the MVP uh, debate. You know, up until that thumb injury, he was considered, you know, close to a, you know, if not a top five quarterback in the, in the NFL. And now he's considered, um, I believe just this past week, they ranked him the 33rd quarterback in the NFL that there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, yeah. And that's where I would like to, I would like to quickly stress the fact that I've seen a lot of people who have been like, um, like seriously, not just joking. Like I wish we had drew lock back. I, I wish we would have traded for Geno Smith. My genuine, um, thought process on that is that, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, there is a lot of quarterbacks that would not do much better or make us in a better position than Russell Wilson. I do not think that having, like, obviously Patrick Mahomes on this team would, of course, make the team better because he's the best quarterback in the league. But I don't think he makes us, I don't think there's any real quarterback that makes us that much better than we are because we just don't have the wide receiver talent. And we don't like we don't have the healthy wide receiver talent. We don't have the healthy running back room like and we don't have a healthy offensive line. And our I do think our our play calling at times can be very bad. And I think all of that meshed together makes just not a very good situation for any quarterback to come in and do well. So, like I said, quarterbacks like Geno Smith or or Drew Locke, I don't think if they were in this situation, they would be doing much better than Russell Wilson is. Yeah, it's, and this is one of the most, like, not even just the Russell Wilson, this is one of the most injured teams, like I said, in NFL history, and one of the most teams that have faced the most adversity um, for a quarterback of all time. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. But at the same time, you are paying him $245 million. You are expecting him to you know, do better and he hasn't done better, but there's a lot to consider. And there's a lot of um, factors and variables to consider in this equation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're both on the same page there when it comes to Russell Wilson, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for the guy big time. Um, obviously a lot of reports came out this last week um, that we can just sit there and laugh about because Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, all those guys on their insiders podcast came out for no reason and just started bashing Russell Wilson, saying that he has lost the locker room. There's guys that don't believe him any, him anymore. Um, there's also uh, Tom Pelissero, um that reported that, um, and Mike Kliss as well, reported that only half the players showed up to Russell Wilson's birthday party. Dude, that's half of a 53-man roster. Exactly. Bro, I I'm wouldn't l- I'm want lucky. 53 people at my birthday. Dude, there was there was someone. I there was a NF, former NFL player. I forgot who it was, but he was like, "Dude, I I think that's the most that's shown up to NFL uh, players' birthday party in the last like decade or so. This late in the season, like you guys should be shocked that that many people came. Exactly. You shouldn't be trying to make a story that the the guys don't like him, so they didn't show up. Dude, these are these are professional NFL athletes. They have they have they have stuff going on in their time schedule. They're probably not going to all show up to a, a birthday party on a Tuesday, um, you know, when they're getting ready for their next their ex NFL game after they just had one. 
Exactly. And it and Sierra was the one who put it together. And you don't yeah. know what kind of connections she has. Does she she doesn't have everybody's numbers? She can't invite every single player. I mean, yeah. So I it's not like Russell Wilson's fault. It's not that they like don't want to celebrate his birthday. They have lives. And that's still 26 at, well, if it's exactly half, but like, that's about 26 players that are still going to show up to the yeah. birthday party. So that's a lot of people. Also, imagine if actually all 53 showed up, like, dude, I would have so much anxiety. Like, I know he lives in his 12 bathroom mansion, but it's like, dude, that's a lot of damn people. Like, exactly. It's so unbelievable. It's so unbelievable. And my, my, myself, I'm striving to become, you know, an NFL insider one day and work for uh, the NFL media. And um, I, I understand that, you know, it's all about, you know, the clicks and, um, you know, your reports and making stories and stuff, but they don't have to be fake stories that drag out situations and make a player look bad all the time. Like exactly. it's, it's just so, it's so incredible and, um, you know, just laughable at this point from a, someone who has such a high respect uh, from Tom Pelissero. Um, also Tom Pelissero does have a really, um, close connection with George, uh, George Payton, the GM of the Broncos. Um, and he was, uh, someone, uh, one of the reporters that did report Russell Wilson has lost people in the locker room. Um, Dalton Reisner did come out and say that, that, um, he said that report was quote outlandish meaning that it's complete BS and there is no uh, validation to it. Um, me personally, uh, whenever I first saw that report, I'm like, how do these reports reporters know exactly what every single player on this 53, 90-man roster in the whole practice squad and everything thinks about Russell Wilson? Do they really sit there and dive into the thoughts of every single player and hear every single conversation that goes on in every single inch of the locker room and even outside of the facility? Like, the, I, I'm not believing it for a second. And if there is, they yeah. don't, they don't know it. They don't know who it is. Exactly. And then later, I think that same day or uh, another day, um, Tom Pellarsaro went on a show and was basically like, I wasn't, he was trying to like backtrack on what he, on what he reported. And that's like, it's making a limp you, you literally just made it for the story. It's like you, if you really, thought that then you wouldn't have to go on a show and apologize or backtrack on what you said or anything like that and i don't as far as uh garofolo i don't know if he said anything after the fact but i mean and then i i did hear that apparently justin simmons was pretty mad about at mike cliss for what mike cliss said about it yeah. in the locker room so i mean these reports they're they're kind of breaking the locker room also i mean you, you got you got people mad at reporters and it's just it's it's really dysfunctional how a lot of this is going down yeah there's i, I did see that, that there's a few uh you know current players and former players that are pretty enraged at mike list because he's the one that did start all of this and he added he gave ian rapaport and those insiders some um you know fuel to the fire for their podcast um you know they got to get as many clicks as they can get so they, they go with another story this 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 season has been russell wilson russell wilson russell wilson how can we get anything to bash this guy because he's not playing good on the field so he must be a terrible person off the field dude this guy like this seriously all like this seriously almost brought tears to my eyes this guy went to a children's hospital on his birthday and was literally just talking to kids trying to make their days on his own birthday 
Are you yeah. are you are you gonna report about that, Tom Pelissero? Are you gonna report about that, Mike Liss? Are you gonna report about that? Like, that was that was crazy to me. And like, no, because the story he's, would he's come such a out. Good guy. The story would come out as like, um, Russell Wilson instead of hanging with teammates goes and uh, <laughs> hangs with children instead of the children's hospital. This so such bad leadership. That that would be the story. I'm tired of this shit, dude. <laughs> Week after week, it's how can we get, how can we bash Russell Wilson in any way? How can we, you know, start anything to make him look worse? I'm telling you, when Russell Wilson turns this thing around, it's going to be one hell of a story. Um, and speaking of helping Russ turn it around, we're going to go ahead and start jumping into our head coach candidates. Um, that could help Russell Wilson, you know, get things back on track, getting back in the MVP mode, get this, you know, resurrect this offense back to what it was in the Peyton Manning days and you know, hopefully score a lot of points like we used to. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into these head coach candidates. Super excited about this. Um, I am not sure exactly which reporter it was. I forgot. Um, they did report uh, about a few weeks or no, I'm sorry, a few days ago to a week ago that um, at this point, it is not um, if Nathaniel Hikens could be fired. Um, it is when Nathaniel Hackett's yeah. going to be fired. So uh, it has basically been confirmed at this point that George Payton is already looking to move on. Um, it is very expected that it's going to be after week 18 of the season and not in the season. Um, but if it is in the season, it has, it has been reported um, by some uh, you know, media that they will look to uh, Ezra Overo or Ezra Overo to be the interim head coach to potentially see who he could be for this team. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of that. I've already voiced my opinions on that. Um, if you do have him, you know, your sight on him being a long-term answer, then I'm all for it, but you don't know that. And you could potentially, you know, ruin his career in Denver. So that doesn't make too much sense to me. Um, but let's go ahead and take a look at all these candidates. I'm starting with a guy, the most obvious option who I was just talking about Azero Averro, the current Broncos defensive coordinator, who has just been incredible this season. You talk yeah. about multiple injuries on that defensive side. We've we've suffered a lot of injuries on offense, but defenses they've had their their woes too. I mean, both star um, both star safeties and Caden Stearns and Justin Simmons have been battling with injuries. Caden Stearns is still injured. Um, we're we're not going to even get him back this week. Um, and then you know you look at the corner position. Uh, Ronald Darby has really dealt. Uh, he obviously had tore his ACL. Demar Mathis had to step in. He's a fourth round rookie corner, and Azero Vero has done an incredible job being the passing game uh, coordinator from the Rams. He came over and has just done a really, really, re really well job with our secondary. One of the best uh, in the league, if not the best. Um, obviously, as of late, you know, Sertan has been, you know, kind of losing his uh, confidence a bit. But, you know, uh, you know, we do have all the confidence in the world that he'll get it back. Um, he just got to be fundamentally sound and really get back to the player he kind of was. Um, it feels like ever since he had that uh, interview with um, Richard Sherman on his podcast and, you know, just Sherman kind of hyping up, hyping him up and calling him the best in the game. He's kind of been. I don't know. It feels like after that, he hasn't been the best. I'm not blaming it on that, but it, it just feels like it's trended that way. But um, yeah. but all in all, Azuro Vera has done an incredible job given the circumstances this year. He is the reason that this defense has kept this team in games. Without Azuro Vero, in my opinion, we probably wouldn't be in these games. We'd probably be getting blown out in like maybe, you know, two and nine, somewhere even worse than where, where we are now. There's multiple one possession games because of him. So um, where I want to, you know, take this is how would you feel? We're going to go through so many ca candidates in this episode. 
Um, so I'm ready, you know, excited to break those down for you. But I want to ask you, what do you think about um, Averro potentially being the head coach week one in 2023? Um, I am with you on the fact that I don't like it as much um, because I want him to be able to focus on the defense and just keep his focus on there. And I, I think the same goes for uh, a little bit off topic, but the same goes for the offensive coordinator. I want the offensive coordinator to like be the head of the offense and think most about just the offense, which is why I think that the, 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 the head coach should be a more of a defensive minded guy. Cause I want the offense to be, uh, I want the offense to be focused by one guy because it seems like right now we don't know what Nathaniel Hackett does. We don't know what Justin Outen does. Like, those are things where it seems like there's a lot of crossing cro paths crossing at all yep. like stages at all the time. So I would like, you know, one scheme by the offensive coordinator. And then it seems like defense. Yeah. Ezero Evero can take the reins, but I feel like an extra defensive minded quarterback or I mean, head coach would also help. Um, so that's kind of where my stance is right now. And I have a couple candidates ready, but um, as far as Ezero Evero goes, I do not think that he should be um, thrown into the lead role. Um, so for each of these candidates, I want to go ahead and make this a little bit more fun on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most that you want this candidate one being like, yeah, I don't want you like, don't even want to give you an interview one to 10. Yeah. How uh, badly would you want Ezero uh, Evero to be the head coach? Um, I don't think it would be the worst. So I would probably say around a five. five. Um, but it, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I just would prefer not. Okay. Next uh, head coach candidate, um, Sean Payton. So, so we're going to kind of make this sweet and simple. He's not going to be that coach of the Broncos. I think a lot of people can kind of get, get that out of their head. Stop hoping so much for that. Um, that this reminds me of like whenever we so badly wanted to trade for Aaron Rodgers, but we do all along in the back of our heads. It was not, it was never going to happen. Um, so this is another one of those situations where he's still under contract with the new Orleans saints. He's a, he's a great head coach for them. Um, but he did, he did take this year off. Um, he is uh, currently a NFL or a Fox analyst um, Fox sports um, on their show. Um, and then it's reported that he is going to come back to coaching in 2023. Um, the, I know I've heard a lot of Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Um, potentially, if the Cowboys are a disappointment in the playoffs, he could, um, you know, go there with uh, Dak Prescott and that offense and potentially retain uh, Dan Quinn. Um, that's an interesting situation. Um, there's definitely a few uh, landing spots for him, maybe even Las Vegas. Um, but I don't think the Broncos are a landing spot here. Um, not much to say really about this one, but a one to 10, how much would you want Sean Payton? I think it probably would be like a nine or a 10, but I mean, realistically, he's not going to want to come to a dumpster fire of an organization. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, um, yeah, I highly doubt this is a landing spot for uh, Sean Payton. I think um, Broncos fans probably should tone your hopes down a bit there. Um, next one, Frank Reich. Fired by the the Colts this earlier this season, a few games after he defeated the Broncos um, with Matt Ryan. Um, this is this is someone who I personally have higher on my list than um, probably most people. I think we we this year and this time around, 
uh, Frank Reich and uh, another guy like Dan Quinn, they, they're more, um, you know, realistic for the Broncos because this time around, you know, I, I bet you George Payton has a lot, a lot different outlook on this head coach search. Last year was kind of like, all right, let's go get an offensive minded guy who's young and could have a, a great, fu- a long, great future for this organization. But he, I'm sure he knows in the back of his head he missed big time on um, Nathaniel Hackett, and I already know he's got that list of candidates ready. Um, so yes. Frank Reich, I I can guarantee you, um, is someone who he knows he wants to keep. Uh, George Payne knows that he want, he's going to make a hire that's going to you know make him keep his job. He knows it's going to be a safe hire, someone who has experience. Experience is a big factor um, in this uh, head coach search this time around. Um, so I think Frank Reich. Frank Reich is a very, um, you know, it's a very uh, realistic possibility um, of of these candidates that we're going to go over. Um, He's someone who did, uh, you know, play a big factor in that Carson Wentz, you know, MVP run in Philly and, you know, Super Bowl run as well. Also the Nick Foles situation though, um, he deserves a lot of credit there. Um, And then, you know, in, in, in Indianapolis, he seemed like he didn't really have the fairest of shots um, you know, they just kept, they kept bringing their GM kept bringing in just really old, you know, not old, but like quarterbacks who were obviously past their time or past their yeah. prime and just weren't playing into expectations. They, the fact that they went like, um, they only had like a few losses with Philip rivers then a few losses with, um, Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz didn't even play that well, you know, last mm. season, the fact that they did that well with him. Um, and then they just fired him after a few games this season. Obviously, um, Nick Sirianni was pretty upset by the fact that they gave up on uh, Reich in uh, Indianapolis. He uh, showed his, you know, his frustrations to the uh, fans there after their win in um, Indianapolis. Um, it shows that he, he's really well respected around the league. And also of these candidates that we're going to go over, Frank Reich and Dan Quinn are the most connected to George Payton. They have the most our relationship, you know, you know, great relationship with George Payton. So this is someone who I could definitely uh, see them taking in someone for Broncos country to keep an eye on. Um, how are you feeling about Reich? I think, I think Reich was not given a good, like evaluation. Like we don't really know how good of a coach he can be because he wasn't really put with any weapons that are like, wow. Yeah. He didn't perform with that. But I, I think it personally, um, I don't think the Colts made the right decision. I think they should have kept him because he was what was keeping that team together. And um, I think Jeff Saturday was one of the worst decisions that I've ever seen because, but that's for a different time anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. But Frank Reich, I think is a very good candidate. Um, I think he's a, obviously I think he's a good coach, a great coach. And I, I, he could take us to a place where I think, we would be happy about next season or at the end of next season. So um, as far as a scale of one to 10, I would say probably an eight. Eight for me. It's for me. It's uh, yeah. Eight eight seems pretty right. He's not an exciting candidate by any means, but you know, that he has that experience and that championship experience that you could be pretty, um, you know, comfortable bringing him in as a leader of your team. Um, Yeah. But the thing that doesn't give me a 10 is just the, um, you know, the more modern mindset um, that he would bring to the, uh, you know, that position, but he is, he is a pretty good leader. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you there with the eight. Um, at the end of this episode, we're going to go ahead and uh, give you guys our top three candidates. Um, next, our next uh, candidate 
is Eric Bieniemy, um, who I think is another candidate very much like Sean Payton that Broncos fans should probably, um, if you if you have your high your high hopes on him, you should probably lower that because um, he's someone who has a long history of uh, very questionable leadership, and um, obviously he has a um, you know criminal history. Um, he's gotten into trouble a few times. Um, he, uh, one thing a lot of people don't know is he calls uh, plays a lot in Kansas City. Um, he hasn't really given the credit he is um, due. Uh, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have raved about Eric Bieniemy. Just called him a really good uh, coach. And when he does, and they say that well, he he does get the head coach opportunity. Um, it's going to be you know a great team. They're going to be a great team under him. But this is someone who, um, you know, Benjamin Albright, um, Broncos insider, has said multiple times that this is not going to happen. The Broncos are not interested in him. Um, and he even said that, you know, this is kind of bad, but he did say that um, the Broncos brought him in because of the Art Rooney rule where, you know, they have to interview um, at least, you know, a few uh, coaches of minority of color. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is uh, someone who – um, you definitely won't be seeing in Denver um, as the head coach any, you know, anytime. Uh, so one to 10, how much would you want Eric be enemy? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think I would go up to a nine or a 10. Whoa. I really, I, I really do think that um, he could uh, lift us uh, a high amount. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words, but I, I really do like Eric Bieniemy and what he's doing over there and what I've heard about him. Um, so I would go up to, I would probably say a nine, not a 10, but um, I, I really would like to have him as a head coach and I would like to see what he does. For me, it's got, it's, it's going to be like a five, maybe a six. Um, I, I'm not just too sold on, uh, you know, him potentially leading an entire football team and organization um just i'm i'm not a big fan of the candidate if i'm being honest um kellen moore who the broncos did interview last cycle um offensive co coordinator for the dallas cowboys um he's just been giving uh you know a lot of praise by coaches around the league as the next you know Sh uh, sean McVay kind of um coach uh someone who a lot of people believe who's just on the rise super fast he is uh, i believe the youngest coordinator in the league um, or one of the youngest coordinators. Um, and if he does become a head coach, he would be the youngest head coach in the league. Um, he's just someone who a lot of people and executives around the league and even though fans believe that he's someone who could turn around a franchise whose offense isn't at the best and just needs a new uh, modern kind of, you know, turnaround for the offense to score points. Um, Kellen Moore, how, how are you feeling about this candidate? Obviously, he's someone who made it to our top five last year. I really like Kellen Moore. I wanted him last year. I've I've always wanted. I soon I once I seen what he's done over there. I really and everything I've heard from him and reports and everything. I I, I really like Kellen Moore, and I really think uh, of all the candidates, um, I really think that he might be the leader right now because the leader in like I really think he would fit this organization, and I think he would. Uh, be great for our offense and great to be innovate innovative and um you know I, I i really like kellen moore so i would say a 10 for kellen moore me personally i i'm just not too sure of it 
Um, I'm with you, what you said early on, the fact that we don't really want like a play caller um, as the head coach anymore. Um, we want to focus less on that. Um, he's also another guy just like Hackett who has very little experience. And at this point, I'm, I'm kind of scared of that. Um, Kellen Moore, I, I won't doubt that he'll be a great head coach for any other team, but um, I think it's gonna. I think he's gonna be a project for a team. Um, he's someone like uh, you know we brought in uh, you know Drew Locke, and he was a project quarterback for us. We knew it was gonna take some time. He didn't. He didn't really pan out, and it kind of hurt us. Um, I kind of see Kellen Moore in the aspect of a head coach like that. Um, you know, and then there's also been very questionable uh, you know play calling games um, on the offense side of the ball for the Cowboys. I know Cowboys fans have. Uh, that I've talked to have expressed their frustrations with that and have even whined and fired at points in the season. Um, but, you know, those are Cowboys fans. So, but yeah. um, uh, me, my interest, uh, you know, if we were in a much better situation, I would, I would have him higher on my scale, but at this point I probably have him at like a three or four. I'm just not, um, there's more younger candidates that I would, I would rather have than him to be honest with you. Um, I'm just not really sure if he's ready uh, for that step to be a head coach. Um, if we're looking at the Cowboys coordinators, I'd rather have Dan Quinn by a lot more. Um, Byron Leftwich, Buccaneers offensive coordinator, who has been ever since Tom, it feels like ever since Tom Brady um, joined Tampa Bay, it feels like people have been like constantly having him as their uh, top five head coach candidates. Multiple teams have interviewed him. Um, I believe the Broncos did not interview him last year. I could be wrong though. Um, so I'm not too sure if they would be interested in this time around, given the fact that the Buccaneers offense has been a lot, a lot more underwhelming than it was last year and the year before that. Um, so this is someone who, uh, not much to say about. I'm just, I don't really see the point in bringing him in as the head coach here. Um, I mean, maybe as an offensive coordinator and I'm thinking just maybe on that. So I think Tom Brady deserves a lot of credit for, uh, the offensive success that they have had in Tampa Bay in the past. Uh, one to ten, how much would you want Byron Leftwich? Um, I, like I said, I think that the only couple offensive coordinators that I truly believe would um, elevate this team are Eric Bieniemy and uh, Kellen Moore. So I, Byron Leftwich is I. He's done great, but it's Tom Brady, um, and I really, on a scale of one to ten, I'd probably go down to like a three or a two. I, I really don't see him being a head coach and I, I really don't want him to be. Yeah, I would, I would give this one a two or three. Don't really why Byron, this is actually probably my top three, like top bottom three candidates on the entire list. Just not a, a big fan of Byron Leftwich at all. Um, but you know, he is a good coach, so I'm not going to yeah. bash him too much for that. Uh, someone who, uh, you know, uh, I think this is another candidate, uh, Brian Flores, who could probably take off the, you know, um, list here. He literally yeah. has an active lawsuit against the Broncos. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, probably should uh, not talk too much about this one. Um, so we're going to pretend that I didn't even bring that up. But he is, <laughs> he is technically one of the candidates around the league. Um, so, yeah, current Steelers linebackers coach, former Dolphins head coach. Uh, probably should take him off there because he does have exactly. an active lawsuit against us. So Yeah. Um, Dan Quinn. We could probably talk about this one for a little minute. Um, current def uh, Cowboys defensive coordinator, he did make the top three in the Broncos head coach uh, candidate cycle last year. Um, so yeah, Dan Quinn, we could talk about this one for a little minute. What do you think? What do you think about Dan Quinn? What are his highest qualities? Um, you know, 
character traits, everything that can make him potentially a great head coach for the Broncos? And how do you feel about him as a candidate for this team? Uh, I feel really high on Dan Quinn. Um, both Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn from the Cowboys right now are on my on the top of my list right now. I just what Dan Quinn brings to the table. I is um, he's a very good defensive mind, and I really think that he's a good leader. Um, and I I really do believe that he will elevate this team. And I think his decision making and his uh, experience is going to help us really well because going with uh, somebody who really hasn't ever had experience in a, in a head coaching job, it, I think just like Nathaniel Hackett, I think it uh, can pose a lot of problems because they, they don't know what to do in like pressure situations or things like that. But Dan Quinn has that experience. And I really think that that would uh, um, prove well because with Ijiro Evero as a defensive coordinator, um, Dan Quinn can let can obviously help where he's needed, but he can focus on the head coaching job and not be so engulfed in um, how the defense is working and, and play calls that need to be played or need to be called. So um, I think Dan Quinn is a very, very good uh, candidate for this job and I, I, he might be the best for it. Yeah, I think that's a good point because you don't have to come in and be the defensive play caller for this team. I mean, even if he is asked to, and let's say for whatever reason, Avero is hired as a coach elsewhere this um, offseason, he could do it because he did a he did a decent job of that in Atlanta. Um, and he's obviously a great defensive call player for the um, Cowboys. He's really what, you know, during that um, um, Cooper Rush era, um, you know, so to say, whenever Dak, Dak Prescott was uh, injured, he did a great job of helping that defense be the identity of that team and, you know, be the sole reason that they were winning those games. He made it so e like life so much easier on Cooper Rush to operate that offense and not have to be in poor uh, positions, um, you know, within the game. So I think he's a he's a great situational mind. I think that's, a, a, you know, a big trait of Dan Quinn that, you know, could potentially be a good advantage here. Um, he just understands game certain game situations much more well than other candidates. Um, obviously, the biggest thing that jumps out to a lot of Broncos fans and you know NFL fans, um, he's a great. He has a lot of experience. He has a lot of experience in the NFL. Um, obviously, has head coach experience. He's been to the big stage before. Um, he, yeah. you know, we're not going to talk too much about that one, but, um, yeah. but he, he just, he's got experience and that's something that the Broncos really need right now. I think that's probably where they messed up, not getting, um, where, where they mess up getting Hackett. Um, they probably, you know, he does have, you know, 14 years coaching in the NFL, but it's the experience of actually calling plays and actually being, you know, the leader of a football team, uh, you know, focusing on all those different variables while still having a, you know, put together a game plan, you know, and also still make decisions within the game and call plays at the same time. Dan Quinn does that a lot more better than the candidates that we're looking at. And obviously Nathaniel Hackett, who never deserved to be a head coach for any team. Um, so I think Dan Quinn is a very, very qualified head coach. Um, you're probably looking at someone who's the more, the most realistic of all of these candidates. Um, like Frank Reich, he has a lot of, um, you know, um, experience with what George Payton wants to do. And obviously the yeah. relationship with George Payton is better than what we see out of any of these head coaches uh, or any of these candidates that we're going over. I mean, you know, of these candidates, Dan Quinn and George Payton know each other really, really well. And I think you're looking at probably maybe the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, don't want to speak too soon, but this one feels like, uh, you know, after 
after Theodore Hockey gets fired, we could see very soon that uh, the you know George Payne doesn't waste any time and gives uh, Dan Quinn you know the keys to uh, the car here. Yeah, yeah, and I I I really do hope that um, it is Dan Quinn because um, he's just I I really think he fits. I, he really does fit. So one to ten, I'm thinking like nine, nine point five. I mean, he's very qualified. Um, it's just the only thing. The only thing with me is like he's not he's not very excited. He's not a very exciting candidate. Um, he doesn't really bring that modernized look to your offense. And our offense is kind of what we want to focus on and get back on track. And I'm not too sure if he is the guy for that. So that that's what kind of keeps me away from being super like super excited um, about him. Um, I actually do have candidates, uh, you know, a few candidates higher than uh, Dan Quinn on my list, which we'll get to. Yeah, I, I I think that he's probably a 9.5. Um, the, the one thing with um, him not being the offensive mind or like the, the most attractive thing, which is why I think that that's where we would have to bring in a um, another offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, like one that can can focus on it, because if we do bring in a defensive minded coach, that's automatically like, all right, we have to bring in somebody else to pick up the slack for this offense. And that might be the, the, an issue. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Dan Quinn. Yeah. We're going to get a lot into, uh, you know, what, what the, um, you know, the coaching staff staff as a whole would look like if we did bring in Dan Quinn, because there's one offensive coordinator who I think could be a really, really big hire by the Broncos. We're going to get to him actually as a head coach candidate um, in a few. Um, so stay tuned for that. You know, that's a really, it's a, he's a really big potential uh, get for the Broncos. Um, next, we're going to talk about Ken Dorsey, who someone who has brought in a lot of head coach interest as of late, um, you know, because of success with the, Bron- with the Bills offense. Um, Ken Dorsey, the Bill- current Bills offense coordinator, after being promoted from quarterbacks coach, um, after Brian Dable left for um, the New York head coach job, who, by the way, is probably my favorite head coach in the league right now, um, aside from Mike McDaniel. Um, every time I see a Mike McDaniel, um, you know, uh, mic'd up moment, I almost cry inside because he was my, um, you know, number one head coach candidate last offseason. Um, yeah. I had Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell, and um, Brian Dable as, like, my favorite candidates. Obviously, Brian Dable was went to the Giants early, so – um, I was, I, I, I did, I'm not gonna lie. I did have, you know, Nathaniel Hackett as my third. Um, so yeah, no, it is what it is. Uh, kind of have yeah. to live, live with that pain. They're probably one of the worst hires in NFL history, you know, aside from like urban Meyer, but, um, yeah. so yeah, we can talk about Ken Dorsey. Um, he is actually credited a lot for, uh, you know, Josh Allen's, um, you know, uprising, I guess you could say in his improvement from when he started off his career very poorly. Um, a lot of people credit Brian Dable, but actually a lot of people within the league and, you know, league executives and GMs, they credit, uh, Ken Dorsey a lot for the improvement with, uh, Josh Allen. He was the guy that helped out, you know, you know, really resurrect Josh Allen. It feels like his career and, you know, have him take off to a, a now MVP candidate. Um, Ken Dorsey is receiving a lot of interest around the league. How would you feel about, um, bringing him as a head coach of this team? Obviously we saw him have that uh, frustrated moment against the Jets earlier in the season. You could tell that he brings a lot of fire yeah. to a team. Yeah. And that's a type of passion that we do need because, um, I don't really see that anywhere in Nathaniel Hackett, that, 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 that type of passion for wanting, he'll argue a caller every now and then, but, um, 
Ken Dorsey, uh, I like him as a as a coach, um, but the difference between uh, my thought process is right now the difference between him and Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson is what thirty four years old now, and a revive of a career like you would want with uh, Josh Allen, I don't think is in store nor needed. And uh, yeah, he was um, great in bringing Josh Allen up. But the other part is that Josh Allen does have a lot more talent. And Mm -hmm. I think that can come into a credit there for that. And as soon as Stefan Diggs got there, that's when uh, Josh Allen started to get tons better that, that I saw. And I think Ken Dorsey is a, like I said, I, I keep repeating myself. My bad. Uh, he's a great, he's a great coach, but I don't think that he's gonna come here and fix what we have broken. Because especially with yeah. a head coaching job, if he came in as a uh, offensive coordinator, I think that might be a better idea. But as a head coaching position with no experience, uh, we have experience with a quarterbacks coach already. And I just I, I I don't really like Ken Dorsey as a candidate right now. And I would put him at like a four on my list from one to ten. Yeah, I would say I would say like a five for me. Um, I think the fact that he did, uh, you know, resurrect Josh Allen into not resurrect, but, you know, help him vastly improve his game is a big, you know, attractive factor in this. But at the same time, you have to look at it from that, you know, the head coach standpoint where, you know, is he really going to be able to jump in just a matter of two years from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator calling plays for the first time this year and then going to head coach in that span? Like, I'm not I'm not too sure if that's going to really be the best fit. And then also him and Russell Wilson aren't really the best fit in the first place. I know we're talking about the Broncos made a mistake, you know, realizing the schematic fit between Russell Wilson and Daniel Hackett and thinking you would mesh mesh so well. I don't think it's going to really work out too much between Russell Wilson and Ken Dorsey. Not sure if it's a big fit there. And then also also that, you know, the relationship and the history of George Payton and that Bills organization. Not too sure if that would be, you know, what he really wants for this team or what he would trust so um in terms of how much i would want him i'll give him a five but i think it's like a two on the scale of how realistic it is if i'm being honest um another option who's very realistic for this team um pep Pep hamilton Uh, we just got to talk about him because he's an nfl candidate potentially someone the broncos could bring in um current texans offensive coordinator um he's someone i know benjamin albright has raved about a lot and talked about you know a lot as a up-and-coming uh nfl head coach coach candidate um he's someone who's been given a lot of credit in houston um if they didn't have him that they would be much worse than they were last year um and then also also you know the work he did with deshaun watson on that offense you know obviously them going to the playoffs um you know deandre hopkins as well um He's someone who's just been getting a lot more uh, buzz, as I guess you could say, the last few years, um, last year and this year. Um, scale of one to ten, how much would you want him? For me, it's about a two. Yeah, for me, it's about a two, two. Or also, um, it's just he's an offensive coordinator again, and I don't think he brings much. Um, like he doesn't bring much is all I'm trying to say, basically. Uh, yeah. So he's a good coach, but not not for the Broncos. Like it, Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator. Want to hear how you think, how what you think about him? Because um, I know there's a few Broncos fans who obviously uh, still want him. Um, he's another guy who isn't too experienced. 
Um, the Eagles defense has had some sputters this year, but they've also been great at the same time. And um, then last year they, they weren't the best, but this is someone who, um, you know, he was, re- he was in the final list of the Broncos, both the Broncos and the Texans last year uh, for their head coach vacancies. Um, he's someone who, uh, for some reason, a lot of fans like him and even, you know, uh, executives around the league have just raved about him talking about the next young, bright mind to be a uh, NFL coach and to take off kind of like a Brandon Staley kind of rise. Uh, what do you think about, uh, Jonathan Gannon? I really like Jonathan Gannon, actually. I, I think that, um, him as a defensive mind, like I said, I would rather, a, a more of a defensive mind as a head coach. And I re- I do think I like um, Jonathan Gannon, not as much as Dan Quinn, but I think that Jonathan Gannon can come in to his organization and bring some like fire. And I really think that passion. he, yeah, yeah, passion and, and things like that. I, I, I do like Jonathan Gannon as a head coach and the experience is what's going to take his grade down because obviously we've seen we haven't seen any head coach type of things from him but I do like him as a potential uh candidate and and yeah yeah I'd give him like a six on my scale he's a he's a really um you know really really good coach yeah I'd probably give him a six or a seven probably a seven honestly I'm just curious. You said that you wanted that you wanted a defensive mind head coach, um, and that's like the the strength of this team. Uh, what's your, what's your reasoning behind that? Um, th- my reasoning behind that is that um, if we have a defensive minded head coach, then I think that the head coach can focus more on being a head coach. Because I think if we have more of an offensive head coach and an offensive coordinator. Um, and they're both new to the organization like we saw this year, I think it's going to create too many butting heads. And um, I, I feel like it'll just make our offense still not very good. And yeah, sometimes multiple minds can think alike and make a great offense, but I, I really think I want to shy away from that, especially if we're getting new coaching, like new head coaching candidates like that. So um, at least if you're a defensive-minded head coach, you can obviously chip in with Ezra Evero, but you can act, actually focus more on your actual head coaching duties. I actually think that's a really good point that you brought up because, you know, last year we were like focusing all our options on offensive minds. But you talk about bringing someone in who could be, you know, the sole identity of this team, because right now it feels like our only identity is a great defense. And if you can continue that, obviously we want to approve our offense and we want it to be the identity of this team. But that simply isn't what we're doing well right now. So you bring someone in like potentially Dan Quinn or like you said, Jonathan Gannon, and really bring some fire to this team and make that your identity. And like you said, I love that you said just focus on being a head coach for once rather than, you know, focusing on all the, you know, play calling, like what a a coordinator is meant to do where you can just sit back and, you know, focus on being a head coach, especially if you lack that experience and you're young in this league Um, to focus on more being a head coach is super, super important in your development. You look at guys like Sean, Sean McVay, you know, he could, he could have very well called plays, but he brought in, you know, brought in guys like Wade Phillips and other, you know, offensive coordinators that have experience. And now he's able to progress more in his career. He won a Super Bowl. He's regarded as probably the best offensive player caller in the league. 
um, you know, aside from guys like Kyle Shanahan. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at that McVay tree and that Shanahan tree, they just produce really well because they're bringing in guys with experience to help them and, you know, make things life easier on them being a head coach. Because when you do that, you can make better, better decisions, better you know, decisions within, um, you know, like let's say the fourth quarter, two minute warning, two minute warning when you have to call timeouts, but also focus on, you know, which uh, sets you're putting out there, which guys need to, you know, um, go out there for the, uh, you know, your plays. And then also, you know, being able to step away from the game, maybe to go talk to your guys on the sidelines, go talk to them on the bench, figure out what you can do better in that moment to, you know, boost the confidence in your team. That's a really good point you bring up, bring up. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> um and so yeah i i feel like more me more personally um this time around like looking at um you know the candidates you know i'm looking at experience but it it does seem that like whenever my candidates that are high on my list they're more defensive minded so i i, I just think that's an interesting point to make um someone next on the list uh D'Amico Ryan, so excited to talk about this guy. Current 49ers defensive coordinator. Hear me out. This might, you know, make me sound hypocritical, but i effing love this guy D'Amico Ryans I think could be someone who is so who could be such a great head coach I actually am more higher than D'Amico Ryans coming out of San Francisco than Robert Sala what what do you you think about D'Amico Ryans I think he's just a phenomenal head coach who could really bring some fire to a team yeah and he he fits everything that I want like he's the defensive mind he has the passion he has he has exactly what we need in a head coach uh, he's just a leader. You can see it. Like, he, he just looks like a leader. He just sounds like a leader. And uh, I just, uh, everything about him, uh, like, like you said, I, I'm excited to talk about this guy. I'm excited to hope this guy comes here um, because, you know, I hope it doesn't sh- shy him away. Like I said, organization is, is um, in shambles right now almost, but like yeah. it would be amazing to get somebody like him over here because it would just I feel like it would elevate us so high and make us such a great team because his passion and fire and and leadership would just be so good for for this team yeah and it seems like that Shanahan coaching tree just produces great product after great product after great product I mean that tree it'll probably like be we'll probably like 20 years from now be like yeah I watch I watch Kyle Kyle Shanahan coach and he's the reason that you know this guy right here is such a great coach because you know it's like at the same time it kind of makes me look like you know, maybe this is me being biased and trying to get over us missing out on Mike McDaniel, um, you know, pulling from that tree again. But this is the first guy who doesn't have much experience at all. Um, he's a former player, much like Jeff Saturday, who's current the interim head coach for the Colts, Mike Rabel, who's a, a linebacker for the Patriots, um, and a few other players as well. We're seeing that trend in the league, it feels like now, where multiple former NFL players are becoming uh, successful NFL head coaches. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. It's pretty interesting. Um, you know, those successful NFL players, um, you know, D'Amico Ryan's very successful uh, linebacker in the league. He made two Pro Bowls, played for 10 years. Um, and he, he goes and coaches for the 49ers. I believe he is in his sixth year now for the um, San Francisco 49ers. And the coaches, Kyle Shanahan, you know, Mike McDaniel, um, multiple coaches in the league are just raving about this guy, talking him, about him as the next, you know, great NFL head coach. Um, like I said, I'm just much higher on him um, as a, you know, potential NFL, NFL head coach um, more than Robert Sala coming out as a 49ers 
DC, excuse me. Um, so this is the first candidate who doesn't have much experience, who's young, who I personally have really high on my list. This is my first 10 out of, out of the candidates so far. I would give him a 10 too. Uh, really, really high on him. I love, I love Robert Sala. I don't know. It's, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's, um, yeah, this is just someone who I think has such great leadership, such great passion. And I know what you guys are thinking, probably saying, okay, this is just another Nathaniel Hackett, but it, it really isn't. I feel like this is someone it's who has a much, I'm, I feel like this is someone who has a much better grip on the game. Um, and look, if you can keep someone like Azero Vero, who does have the experience with D'Amico Ryan's as your DC and he calls plays, continues to develop. And D'Amico Ryan just has to focus on being a head coach like we're talking about. This is such a really interesting, you know, situation, potential, you know, uh, coaching staff to entertain in, in Denver. I think this is someone who could really be big for the Broncos, and it is a bit risky on George Payton's end. This is another move that, um, you know, could potentially be less realistic for the Broncos because he lacks the experience to potentially make George Payton get fired by the um, the Walton Penner ownership group um, a few years down the road. But I don't know. Yeah. I, something in my gut tells me D'Amico Ryans is going to be a really good coach, um, you know, when he is given that time. Also, another big thing it, that plays into this process is the offensive coordinator that he brings in this and this goes for every candidate on this list the office if you're not going to call the plays the offensive coordinator is going to play such a big factor for this uh for the future of that coach respective coach yeah. because the offense is, is where we're you know this, this is the reason that we're talking about getting a new head coach right now it's because the offense has been you know trash to say the least so yeah. to get a really good offense coordinator you know maybe in this D'Amico Ryan situation get someone who has experience this would be huge for him and not, not only him, but this team and this organization. Um, I don't know me personally, I, I D'Amico Ryan's, if I could give him like 11 out of 10, I would give it to him because I, I don't know, this is someone who's on my, like probably number one on my list. Um, like I said, we'll get to our top three eventually, but um, moving down the list, we got another defensive mind. feels like defensive mind after defensive mind right now. Uh, we got Aaron Glenn, the current Lions defensive coordinator, who we did interview last year, but um, he did exit our, uh, you know, so to say, um, exit our uh, candidate list um, within the head coach search last year. Um, Aaron Glenn, Lions defense coordinator. Um, he's had a really rough year this year, but he is still receiving interest. So I'm, we're going to talk about him. Uh, what do you think about Aaron Glenn as a leader, a potential head coach for this team? Um, I, I think he's pretty, I don't know if he fits us as much as he did last year, but um, I, I, I like him. I, I think that he would be a good, like, if we can't get any of these top guys, he, he he's the guy. Um, so I, I I don't have that many feelings towards him. I, I don't have like a, oh, I, I love this guy or, oh, he's not nothing. He's like almost as middle as the pack for me as you can get. So that's, that's kind of, I, I think he's a good leader and I think he could come in and do good things, but uh, he's not spectacular or anything to me. Yeah, to me, it's just like when I look at from it, you know, the, you know, stat side and, you know, the production side of their, the Lions defense this year, it really is like taking me a big notch away, you know, down, uh, you know, his ranking from last year to this year. Um, you know, they're, the, the Lions defense is starting to have a trend where it's just becoming really terrible. Um, I believe they're still, you know, the worst defense in the league. Um, this the penalties is a huge thing that that you know brings a huge um, coaching question uh, to me as to Aaron Glenn um, he obviously calls the players for them and he coaches that defense so that's a big uh, you know 
you know, uh, red flag to me. Um, and then mm-hmm. obviously statistically they were the worst defense in the league. They have been all season. So that's a, that's a huge thing to me. Um, honestly, this would probably be my first one on the list, believe it or not. I'm, I'm completely opposed to Aaron Glenn. I just don't think he would be the best for, fit for this team. Um, but George Payton was a little high on him last year. So you never know. Um, yeah, the next, that's the one thing is that I don't, you, you won't have to focus on the defense as much. Yeah. So, and, and but just I think from a that coaching he standpoint. can be, yeah, yeah. I, I think he can be a good leader, which is why I think he's, um, middle of the pack for me, which I would give him probably a four or five maybe, but, um, yeah, uh, nothing special about him. Definitely. I, I just think there's a there's a fa- there's a fine difference between good coaching and good leadership. I think those aren't two the two same things, and they do play a big role in this, um, you know, this search and in that spot on the team. Um, I think it's really important to lead an organization and to you know take accountability, um, you know, for error. But I think coaching I would put as a number one factor in this search. Um, experience also Aaron Glenn does have experience and so that is something to take into account but um, I don't know I just don't feel like Aaron Glenn brings uh, you know those things excluding leadership to the table Um, maybe it's just a lack of talent that's on that roster I don't want to bash him too much the Lions defense has just been god awful Um, but you know I I wouldn't think you'd be you know the worst worst option but I'm not really all I would be pretty upset if we took an Aaron Glenn um, yeah. next, next one, Giants offense coordinator, who's been reaving, receiving some interest, uh, due to the improvement from, uh, Daniel Jones as of late, um, Mike Kafka, the current Giants offense coordinator, um, who was their, uh, their quarterbacks coach, um, in who's the quarterback's coach in, um, Kansas city for Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, how, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, I'm also not very high on this guy. Um, I, I I draw a lot of um, the Giants' success to Brian Dable, and I think that I I, I just personally uh, again he's a QB's he used to be a QB's coach, and we don't have good track record with QB's coaches. I I just I think he's I I just don't have much to say about him. I don't I, I he's probably going to be around a two for me because he's an offensive coordinator and I don't think he brings to the table what most of these guys can bring. So um, I, I'm just going to go with a two. Yeah. This is someone who he doesn't even call plays for them. So it's like, how much am I supposed to really give him credit for their off their success? But I think he is a really good coach and the way, the things that they have done with their offense and the fact that they've prioritized the run game and, you know, you know, lifted Saquon Barkley back to stardom. Um, I would have to give uh, Mike Kafka a four here. I wouldn't be too opposed to it, um, but at the same time, there's much better, you know, options on the list. Um, just the the ties to Andy Reid's offense um, does interest me a bit, but um, you know, I would rather I would honestly probably um, hit, it's really close between him and Eric Bieniemy on my list. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I wouldn't really want Mike Kafka to be the next head coach for this team. Um, next option, Scott Turner, current uh, Commanders offensive coordinator. Um, it was probably a little bit higher on my list than most people's. Um, for me, this would have to be like a six. I think Scott Turner is in the worst option. Um, you know, granted, it is a little bit similar situation to Kellen Moore. He has had some uh, hiccups with play calling, um, but I think he uh, deserves a lot of credit for, um, you know, what's happened uh, there in Washington. 
yeah, I I think I, I don't have him very high. Um, I'd still probably have him probably at a three. Um, because like I said, I, I, I can I can't stress it enough that I just don't think that an offensive minded player or an offensive minded coach is a is a good idea for this team anymore. Uh, or at, as a head coach, uh, is what I mean. Um, but I, I think that he he could be a good coach for somebody. I, I really do think he could be a good fit for somebody. But I don't think that that is the Broncos. Yeah, I would agree with that. I wouldn't really think he's the best fit for Russell Wilson in this offense. Um, the next one, another guy probably isn't the best fit. Um, Joe Brady, the former Panthers off offensive coordinator, fired on that Matt Rule staff, then goes to uh, Buffalo and is a quarterback's coach for them. Um, he's just another one where it feels like the Bills offense is starting to generate some head coach candidates with Brian Dable, Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady. Um, Sean McDermott is doing a really good job over there. I feel like he deserves not a lot of credit, but not so much Joe Brady. Um, this He would probably be another one on my list, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree. He's, yeah, he he did he does he deserves a lot of credit for uh, Joe Burrow and LSU. He does, but I think Joe Burrow is just a, spe a special talent. Um, and you know, you can't deny a good coach when you see one. But I I definitely could de deny uh, a bad head coach candidate when I see one. So yeah, uh, yeah. The next one, um, Jared Mayo, who's someone who actually was uh, George Payne had a lot of um, you know, praise for him in this head coach process. He talked a lot about him. Um, the current Patriots linebackers coach, um, another defensive mind. He is someone who has really developed a great culture there in New England. Um, someone who B Bill Pel Belichick has personally said that when they lose him, he's going to be a huge loss for that organization just because he's been a great coach, a great people's person. He's a great person, um, you know, much like D'Amico Ryan's. Um, who I talked about. Um, this is someone who, you know, obviously he was, um, I believe, within the top five of the Broncos candidates last year. Um, he, you know, he's someone who the Broncos, they've already interviewed. Um, he's defensive mind. Um, and he's just a, a really good coach. You know, there's nothing, uh, you know, much less to say of that. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a great candidate. I mean, former player, he, he was, uh, I think being a former player for, um, for a coaching job is is great because it shows it because most former players show a different fire for like you know I'm gonna get my players ready for the game I'm gonna make sure that um, I, I'm making all the right decisions and I think the fact like I said that he's a former player makes him higher on my list because uh, it, I just know that he has that passion and I know that he has that leadership that and, and uh, so. I think that he's a good candidate for this job. Um, I don't think he's as high as a lot of people on here, but I would still probably give him a six. Um, I, 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 that's all I got to really say about him. Yeah, I would give Gerard my, uh, Mayo a six as well. He, like, he brings really he brings a lot of confidence to a team, and that that is what we need. But I'm not sure. Jump. He's someone who's never even um, called plays. He's never even been the defensive coordinator. Um, so that's a pretty big jump. That's kind of what leans me away from, you know, having him higher on my list. Um, so, yeah, about a five or six for Gerard Mayo for me. Um, next one on the list, someone who I've been waiting to talk about the whole episode. Hear me out. Brian Schottenheimer, the current Cowboys coaching analyst, former Seahawks offensive coordinator, um, who was fired with, uh, when Russell Wilson was there, obviously. 
Um, he told the media he wasn't, um, you know, with this move. He didn't believe it was the right move. And I feel like that's kind of what um, played into the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson disconnect. They weren't agreeing a lot of the front office moves, believe it or not. Um, so current coaching analyst for the Cowboys, obviously he's called plays uh, for a while in Seattle. When he was calling plays with Russell Wilson in Seattle, he was an MVP candidate. A lot of people don't realize that. What if, I, I know we're looking at head coach candidates right now, what if maybe, you know, Frank Reich, um, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, they have their uh, experience. Um, Brian Schottenheimer was actually the um, quarterback's coach for the Colts when uh, Frank Reich was there his first year in 2018. So there's the connection there. Obviously, Dan Quinn, if he becomes the head coach of the Broncos, he could bring in Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator. As Azuro Vero stays the defensive coordinator, that's a really good three right there. Yeah. There's a lot of experience there. And then, you know, if we're talking about getting right, uh, Russell Wilson back to himself and bringing an offensive system that he really knows, Brian Schottenheimer believes, uh, you know, he really presents that. So he brings that. So what do you what are you thinking about this one? I, I like Brian Schottenheimer a lot. Um, I really, I'll be honest, I did not think much of, uh, not think much of, but I didn't really take into consideration Schottenheimer as much as I probably should have, but um, you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, he was there when uh, Russell Wilson was at his peak and he's uh, he was with the Seahawks. I think everything points to he would be a great candidate to get Russell Wilson back to where Russell Wilson needs to be. And I think that could really elevate our offense altogether. And um, yeah, I, I, I do like that, um, like him as a candidate, just based off of um, a lot of what you said, because I really haven't done a lot of research on him, but um, yeah, it, 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 he sounds like a great candidate for the job. Yeah, this is a really sleepy option. I feel like not a people, a lot of people have, you know, like you said, done their research on him, know about him. Um, just because ever since he was fired from the Seahawks, he's kind of fell away from relevancy. But um, he's done it. He's done a really good job with Dak Prescott there in um, Dallas. I mean pretty good connection there and then obviously the connections to dan quinn he has connections to george Payton. he obviously has connections to russell wilson worked with him a lot um yeah. you know we call a place for him so this is a really interesting situation and someone who's more realistic to be the offensive coordinator rather than the head coach but it's still a possibility um i wouldn't be surprised if he got a head coach interview or, or two um he, he's just, I don't know, he's someone who I could definitely see Dan Quinn bringing with him, maybe even Frank Reich uh, bringing with him to Denver. Um, so, yeah, this is a really interesting situation. And Russell Wilson, he voices um, his frustrations to the media. Um, when they asked him if they if uh, if he thought Seattle and Pete Carroll should have let him go, he said no twice. Like, he, he told the media that he did not want him gone. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of rumors that he um, wanted him gone, but that simply wasn't true. Those are just you know, uh, once again, the media uh, making stories. Russell Wilson likes Sean Heimer a lot, and this could potentially be a really good um, reunite and, uh, you know, kind of reunion um, between those two, uh, you know, sides for the Broncos, potentially get Russell Wilson back on track. So this is a really interesting um, situation for a candidate there. Yeah. Brian Callahan, Brian, Brian Callahan, our next um, candidate we want to talk about here. Obviously, he was interviewed in uh, last cycle, but he did exit um, pretty early um, within our candidate search um, when the, when George Payton was narrowing them down. Obviously, the Bengals' current offensive coordinator, um, he doesn't even call plays um, in Cincinnati. Um, it's Zach Taylor there. So, yeah, just another one where, you know, Zach Taylor could 
maybe even potentially be fired next year. So I'm not too really too sure about this candidate. This is someone who I have low on my list, um, but I do I do think he's a good coach. Um, what do you, what do you think about Brian Callahan this time around? Um, yeah, I I like him uh, not as a not as a head coaching candidate though. Um, I think he could come in as maybe an offensive coordinator if we wanted to, um, just based on the fact that, I mean, they are a great offense over there, but um, that is because they also are handpicked with a very great talent from their drafting. But um, yeah, I, again, I don't really like an offensive mind to be a head coach right now. Uh, there's not a lot that I, I'm very picky when it comes to that. So I would probably have him down at about a three, um, but I, I think he could fit somewhere well, or he could be our offensive coordinator. Um, so one to 10, what do you give it him? I, I'd probably give him like a two, three. Uh, three, yeah, probably three. Yeah. yeah, just not the biggest fan of him. I know some people that are, though, so um, it's not like he isn't very qualified or liked. Um, the next one, very, very interesting one, someone who uh, some people have a very strong opinion on him and don't just don't want him at all. Lincoln Riley, the current uh, USC head coach, former Oklahoma coach. What do you think about him maybe being a head coach? He obviously is coaching up Caleb Williams. You never know. Somehow Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, Broncos duo. No, I'm just playing, but you never know. But what do you think about Lincoln Riley? We got to talk about him. Um, Well, he has head coaching experience. Um, Obviously not (laughs) at the NFL level. But, uh, I mean – He's a college coach. Uh, USC's ranked four right now, and they've been doing pretty good. And obviously, like you said, he's coaching up Caleb Williams. But the fact that he is a college coach right now makes him really low on the list because, I mean, that's just – he doesn't even have experience with, like, coordinating or anything at an NFL level. So, yeah, yeah, I'd probably have him a two or something like that, but – yeah, I mean, it's not degrading or debunking his coaching abilities at all. I mean, he just doesn't have the NFL experience to go off of as a fan, you know, looking into candidates. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard to see him become a successful um, NFL coach when we haven't seen him coach at any, you know, level of the NFL. So, um, you know, you never know. Cliff Kingsbury obviously hired straight out of college and did decent at first. Um, but, you know, that a lot of that is credited to Kyler Murray in that offense. Um you know, at the same time, it's like when Cliff Kingsbury leaves, you know, I, I do expect Colin Murray to take a huge jump. So, um, yeah. yeah, Lincoln Riley is someone who I, I, I'm just not too excited about. Um, you know, for for offenses that are really looking forward to finding that next head coach um, and do have experience, on, you know, within their players and, you know, on the other uh, parts of their coaching staff, Maybe that Lincoln Riley would be a more a better fit for them, but I highly doubt George Payne goes for another, um, you know, really inexperienced guy. Um, yeah. Lincoln Riley, like Nathaniel Hack had 14 years of NFL experience. Lincoln Riley doesn't have one day of experience. So yeah. um, this is someone I'll probably give a one or a two on the list. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, our last, our very final last candidate, um, Shane Steichen, the current Eagles offensive coordinator. Um, what are you thinking about him uh, potentially for the Broncos spot? Someone who is very interesting. I'm a little bit high on him. Um, I think he could come in as a good leader, but I don't really think that his uh, style really fits us right now. Um, I, I, I think he, he could be a, a great leader for the team, um, and I think he's a good coach. Um, uh, but 
again, there's not any head coach uh, experience or anything like that. He does call plays and stuff, but I really don't. I, I think he's he could be a great candidate, but I don't think he really fits us very well at this moment. So I would probably give him a five. But um, yeah, that's that's how I just don't think he really fits us very well right now. Yeah, um, obviously talking about Jonathan Gannon early on brings a lot of fire and passion, much like Shane Steichen. Um, obviously, he's credited a lot for the you know the uprising of that entire Eagles offense. Because um, once Nick Sirianni handed him the play calling duties last year, midway through the season, their offense really took off. And now Jalen Hurts, who's someone who they thought they were going to have to give up on um, after just a year or so, um, they're they're now looking at him as an MVP candidate. And this offense just really came to life. And they're arguably the favorite to win the NFC. So, um, yeah, Shane Steichen gets a lot of credit there. He's a great coach. Um, done a phenomenal job rallying that offense and improving them, getting them back on track. Um, after they had a very shaky start with Jalen Hurts as their starter. Um, just don't know if he's a perfect fit here. Um, Jalen Hurts, it's a little bit of a similar play style to Russell Wilson, but in terms of age, it isn't really what we want with Russell Wilson right now. So um, we do want Russell Wilson to be able to use his legs more. Um, I know back the back of, you know, there's different reports of what Russell Wilson wants to do. We don't really know if he wants to be a pure pocket passer or use his legs or, you know, put potentially put his career on the line. But um, yeah, Shane Steichen, I would give like a six or a seven. Um, I'm not low on him by any means, but I'm also not high on him by any means. I think he's one of the more um, exciting offensive candidates, but I just don't know if it's the right fit for what we want right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that uh, wraps our uh, head coach uh, candidate list right now. That was su super fun. We got a lot of candidates we went over, about 20 candidates to go over there, 20 plus. So with that being said, finally our time right now. Um, top three candidates, and um, what is the staff that you want to kind of see next year? Um, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Um, right now, I think unanimously we can say that Israel Evero stays our defensive coordinator. Um I think as far as offensive coordinator goes, I think um, I'm going to go back and backtrack a little bit on my uh, Kellen Moore, who I said was a 10. Um, I think now that I'm thinking more about it, I think you'd be a little bit more better as an offensive coordinator. But um, uh, I think right now, offensive coordinator wise, I am not sure. Um, I, I think we can go a lot of different ways and I think we have a lot yeah. of options for that, for that, um, position. So, um, as far as head coach goes, um, I'm going to start off with my number three, um, candidate right now. And I think that would be Eric Bieniemy for me. Um, I wow. think, I, yeah, I, I, I know it may be surprising, but I, I'm really high on Eric Bieniemy, and I really think he could come in here and change our offense for the better. And I really, really like him. Yeah. I mean, we definitely could agree that our offense needs a change for the better because right now it's, um, it's changed for the worse. So I um, definitely need to see a shift um, on that side of the ball. Um, but that like we've the big like theme we've given in this episode is it doesn't need to be your, an offensive guy to be your head coach for the offense to be better. Um, in fact, maybe it's the opposite side of the ball for it to be better because when you can focus on being a head coach, it makes things a lot easier for all three, you know, sides of the ball, you know, special teams, defense and offense. So um, for me, 
it, I do agree. Offensive coordinator could really go a numerous amount of ways. I need to look more into that and probably save that for a different episode. Um, but right now I'm thinking Brian Schottenheimer. Um, the head coach could really go always. My top three is um, uh, it really it really could go numerous amount of ways. Um, I know I I I love D'Amico Ryan so much, but for me right now it's probably Frank Reich, D'Amico Ryan's, Dan Quinn. I really, I really like that top three right there. It could change from now until we fire Nathaniel Hackett. Um, you know, assuming it's the day after our season's over. But um, yeah, right now it's uh, you know Frank Reich, D'Amico Ryan's, Dan Quinn, all interchangeable. I think we could honestly, with all three of those guys, potentially get Brian Schottenheimer at offensive coordinator just with the you know um, the recruitment of Russell Wilson. Um, and then, you know, that it really does go a lot on George Payton and the future head coach to make that decision. But Russell Wilson, you know, he has had a say in what we make in the front office moves. Um, and defense coordinator, obviously, we want to keep Averro, but you never know. He's already receiving head coach interest, you know, and we're just past uh, the midway point of the season. So we could we could see him leave, honestly, which is a bit uh, frightening because, like like you said, I, I do agree. We want to get a head coach that doesn't have to really focus on coordinating the game as much as, you know, having to lead the team and make the right uh, decision making and, you know, put together game plans and all that. Um, that's really, really hurt Nathaniel Hockey in his first year being a head coach. Um, and I'm sure George Payne doesn't want to mess up with that again. Um, then obviously yeah. special teams, I would love for Dwayne Stukes to stay. I've already expressed how much I love Dwayne Stukes. I think he's a, a super underrated head coach or underrated coach. Um, so something uh, very interesting to, uh, you know, keep an eye on there. Yeah. So uh, I guess I just gave my number three. So my, my full top three head coach um, candidates, I would probably go Dwayne or not Dwayne Stukes, uh, D'Amico Ryan's, Dan Quinn, and then Eric Bieniemy at number three, and yeah, I would I would love for uh, Dwayne Stukes to uh, stay here. Um, I really like what he's doing and what he could do, um, and yeah, those are my head coaching uh, top three. I really really like D'Amico Ryan's, like you said. Um, I I think he brings a different like energy he changes. I think he could change the game honestly. Um, and then Dan Quinn is a very good option. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So my reasoning between putting Frank Reich at one and Miko Ryan's is two, you know, look, I love D'Amico Ryan so much, but it's just the experience that kind of scares me a little bit. He's someone who could bring a lot of energy and a different vibe to the building and ch completely change the culture. Cause it feels like when the culture was supposed to be improved by Hackett this off season, it feels like it almost got worse and there's just yeah. so much drama in like, so so many stories about the team this year that it feels like that if I was in that locker room, it'd probably feel really um, different than it has in the past years with even like Drew Locke. Like it felt like the vibe was better with him um, yeah. than it is now. So um, obviously uh, we need a much, uh, you know, a big culture change there. And I feel like D'Amico Ryan's is, you know, the best guy in, out of all these candidates to do that. Um, and if he isn't having to focus on calling the defensive plays, he'd be a really, really good head coach. Um, obviously, isn't the best situation, so I don't know if he would want to come here. Um, but yeah, he's, he's someone who is, uh, if you're looking at the top three guys in the league who have really made a big rise this season in the head coach um, interest among the, amongst the league, D'Amico Ryan is probably number one. I mean, this guy is receiving yeah. a lot of interest. 
Um, so it probably will be a battle to get him. Uh, Frank Reich is uh, another guy who probably may be a battle to get him just because he has a lot of experience. But the reason I put him at one instead of two is not only the experience, but the championship championship experience and the fact that he was never really able to get the chance that he deserved in Indianapolis. Um, it feels yeah. like it was just a really unfair shot given. Um, and we've seen a sample size of what he can do, and I like it. So um, right now, out of all the candidates, um, I got Frank Reich one, D'Amico Ryan's two, um, and then I think you could put like a big gap between two and three, and put Dan Quinn at three. I like Dan Quinn, but he's not honestly the most exciting option, um, given his history at that spot. Um, yeah. I think he's a really good coordinator, but I'm just not sure if he's going to be able to be a really good head coach again. But he is my number three because of the experience and his coaching abilities. I think he, I think Dan Quinn might be the most realistic option out of everybody. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, him and him and George Payne. I feel like not enough Broncos country knows that like there's probably like a ninety percent chance he's the next head coach. Him and George Payne have such a, a great, um, you know, great connection between those two. Uh, but with that being said, that's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you guys aren't already, um, you know, make sure you guys follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That means so much to us. Um, it makes it much easier for us to continue uploading content for you guys. Um, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Went over a lot of candidates, uh, me and Brody today. Um, you know, go each uh, each and every single one going in depth, um, you know, rating one through 10, how much we wanted them and, you know, our top three candidates as of now. Um, obviously, it's um, all but, you know, confirmed that Nathaniel Hackett is out as the Broncos head coach. It's just a matter of when he's going to be gone. So hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, if you enjoyed, make sure to leave a rating, follow. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and hit the like button right now. That means so much uh, to, you know, me and my co-hosts. Um, much more episodes and content coming out for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Until the next one, peace.